I love Ecclesiastes because Ecclesiastes destroys the overused sentimentalism of our day. Kohelet, the preacher, levels trite, pithy slogans, which I'm glad to see him do because we don't need cliches in the church. We have too many. We, we need no more. They're cheap and they're dishonest. For example, the catchphrase, I'm sure you've all heard the catchphrase, God will not give you more than you can handle. God will not give you more than you can handle. What about on this earth you will face tribulation? And we are being put to death all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. The truth is God will give you more than you can handle. The good news isn't that God will not give you more than you can handle. The good news is that he will not give you more than he can handle. When I was in seminary, they taught us that it is the calling of the minister to preach the gospel, suffer, die, and be forgotten. And we're not special. It's your calling as well. You're called to work a long nine-to-five job for the rest of your life, struggle through that same life, die and be forgotten. You're so special that at the end of your days, at the end of your days, a tomb will rest over your head with two dates separated by a dash, and that dash says it all. It says nothing. Your life is meaningless. That's what I call an introduction. <laughs> Welcome to the world of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities. It's all vanity. This morning, or this evening rather, we're looking at verse 3 of Ecclesiastes and following. Verse 3 begins, What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the, sur- under the sun? The verb gain means to profit as in to gain an advantage. What advantage do you gain from all of your labor? What advantage do you gain from all your toils? You say, I get paid. Payday. Then what? I pay taxes. Then what? I pay my bills. Then what? I get some stuff. Then what? I save for retirement. Then what? The dash. All is vanity. Now, Kohelet, the preacher, doesn't deny the benefits of work. God's providence makes work good for all. It's, co- it's, it's a common grace thing. So under the rainbow, God blessed Noah and his sons and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The creation ordinance marches on and on as we toil and strive after it. But then what? And the problem is not the creation or the creational ordinance. The problem in creation always is, then what? Then what? We labor, we work, we toil. What do we gain? What's the reason for existence? What's the purpose of it all? We all want our lives to count for something. We all want our labors and our toils to count for something. What do they count for? 
Some want their labors to count for something so badly that they seek to strive everything. In, they seek to redeem everything in creation. They're striving to redeem it all for God, to make everything under the sun, under heaven. Kohelet had that phrase at his, at his disposal. He could have said under heaven, but he denied the optimism of life under heaven and settled for life under the sun. You will find no golden age in Ecclesiastes. There's no golden utopianism in the book of Ecclesiastes because Kohelet has read Genesis 3. He knows the curse sanctions. He knows them well. Under the sun is the created world now cursed. Under the sun was once perfect. Under the sun was once a perfect creation. And now it's painless providences. So looking under the sun now for gain, looking under the sun for an advantage is like going to Joe Biden for cheaper gas. We all need cheaper gas, but it ain't found there. You have to go somewhere else. Creation doesn't possess what you ultimately need and you can redeem Christian bumper stickers, you can redeem Christian bank loans and Christian diapers, but in the end, none of it will last. None of it will last. It will not give you what you ultimately need. The creational mandate doesn't save no matter how much you save creation. This life is wars and rumors of more to come. Even if we were to redeem, I was thinking about when I was reading this, when I was writing this sermon, I was like, well, what if we could redeem Elon Musk? Now, what if Elon Musk, we redeemed Christian Elon Musk, we have Christian Tesla and Christian SpaceX and Christian Starlink, but even in Genesis 3 remains true. Genesis 3 will always ring true. Cursed is the ground on which you walk. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? Verse 4, a generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. This is the dash, by the way. Kohelet is telling us that you will be forgotten. He's telling you that you will be forgotten. Grandchildren, grandchildren will remember. Perhaps great-grandchildren will remember you. But eventually your memory will fade into nothingness as if you never existed. The forever here, a generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The forever contrasts our years to that of the earth. Our lives are short and meaningless compared to the earth. But then he turns his meaninglessness to creation. The meaninglessness also extends to creation. Verse 5, the sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. Just like man, the soil toils. Just like man, the sun toils, as does the rest of of creation. The wind blows to the south and goes round to the north. Round and round goes the wind. On its circuits the wind returns, but all streams return to the sea, but the sea is not full. All this work, all this labor, but the sea is not full. The earth toils painfully and repetitively as the sea is still not full. What's the point? The point is everything's tired and everything's unfulfilled. 
You see it in the English translation, but you really feel it in the Hebrew. There's something lost in the Hebrew grammar. The Hebrew grammar moves this along so that you can feel the, the grammar implies that creation is hiking onwards. Creation's running. Creation's panting as it's trying to make its way up over and around, never to get to the finish line. It's just moving and trying to get to the end, but it can't get there. It's hard, tedious work to light and water the earth, and there's no advantage to it all. There's no advantage from it. The sea is still not full. Then comes fall, winter. Then it's all destroyed. And then spring comes back up. And the work continues on. Summer goes, summer continues, fall, winter, death. And then we're back to spring. On and on it goes, repetitively. The cosmology toils to no end, just like humanity. There's a lot of movement. But ultimately, nothing new happens. No advantage is gained despite all the busyness. Everything's tired. Everything's old. Amen. (laughs) Everything's tired. Everything's old. Verse 8. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Once you've seen it, you've seen it. Once you've seen it, you've seen it. That's definitely me. My wife, she's special, though. She can rewatch those reruns over and over again. <laughs> I'm, done once, I'm done with the show once we've seen it. I don't need the rerun, but my wife's special. Sorry, honey, picking on you there. But novelty is a lie. Verse, verse 9, what has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there's nothing new under the sun. Now, you might be... You might be reading this for the first time and think, yeah, but the iPhone came out in 2007. Kohelet's not talking about new technology. He's allowing for the advancement of technology. He's not saying there's no new tech. He's just simply saying that the new is an old thing repeated. Everyone is glued today to their iPhones. Everyone today is glued to their iPhones, but it's an old idol. The new is the old repeated. Dads ignored their children way before the smartphone, <laughs> before, even before the NFL. I find that one hard to believe, but they did. It's the same old routine. No matter the tech, we're all chasing Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so we have the better tech to fulfill our physiological needs, so we can grow really big tomatoes, and we can export those really big tomatoes all throughout the world in a matter of days, as long as you don't care about flavor. And one day, you may live on Mars. Children, you may live on Mars one day. And guess what? Martian families will still break down. Governments will ruin everything. And there will be wars and rumors of more. New inventions may make life better. But they can't change the heart. Feudal-minded, dark-hearted, enemies of God with callous hearts who are ignorant and dead. That truth will never change. It's the curse. It's life under the sun. All is vanity. Verse 11. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things, yet to be among those who come after. Everything will be forgotten. That's the dash. And the dash says it all. It says nothing. Your life is meaningless. 
Those who don't know history are destined to repeat it, which is a true aphorism, which I try to live by in my life. I want to know the history of orthodoxy so that I can repeat it. I want to know the history of heresy so I could deny it, avoid it. And I'm Reformed, so I'm Catholic. But the point Kohelet is making here is that everything in this world is on repeat. That is, this fallen world is on repeat. It's just repeating over and over again. Kohelet's point is this. You cannot escape the curse. You can't escape the curse. So Jesus told his disciples, in the world you will have tribulation. You cannot escape this cursed world by the curse. Everything is vanity because everything is cursed. Toil under the sun is cursed. Now the cultural mandate, the cultural mandate, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. We get to do it. Wonderful. And we get to enjoy the benefits and the blessings of the cultural mandate. Uh, exercising dominion, being fruitful and multiplying and fill the earth. But now it's done in pain. Multiply, fill the earth in pain. So there is tyranny in the home, there's tyranny in the workplace, there's tyranny in the church, there's tyranny in the state. It's all done in pain. So by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread and then die, for you are dust. This is common grace for sure. What? There is common grace. We still get to have babies. Wonderful. We get to enjoy our babies. We get to enjoy our, our children, and we should. They're a blessing. We get to work by our hands, and we enjoy the fruits of our labor. We get to enjoy our health and all these many blessings. But then what? In the end, it's all cursed because it gets us nowhere. All it gets us to is that dash at the end of our lives, and to dust you shall return. So the end of the first creation account was destroyed by water. And the new earth that emerged from those baptismal waters is going forth destined for baptismal fires. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. There's no telos under the sun. There's no telos Kohelet's cosmology and anthropology is meaninglessness. There is no purpose under the sun. But that is not Kohelet's eschatology, which we understand from his epistemology. When the preacher opens his book and by saying everything is meaningless, look at verse 2. When he says, vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. You're supposed to ask that verse, is this statement itself meaningless? It's a self-defeating statement. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Is this too vanity? It's quite full of meaning. When he declares that all is vanity, he presumes to have stated the truth that is not in vain. Now, the postmodern skeptic makes the same self-defeating statements we hear, and we're tired of them all the time. There is no truth, which is a truism. The philosopher has said nothing new or interesting. The difference between Kohelet and the modern philosopher is that Kohelet knows he's being contradictory. That's because Kohelet wants to point out what is in vain in order for us to discover what isn't. And Kohelet is telling us here that purpose cannot come from creation, cosmology, 
And purpose cannot come from man, anthropology. Purpose must come from somewhere else, eschatology. And so in the fullness of time, God sent forth his only son. In the end of time, God forsook life under heaven and took the form of a servant to labor under the sun's hot rays. Jesus Christ left paradise by becoming a servant, by becoming a servant even to death, even death on a cross, so that he might personally know what it means in this world you will have tribulation. God has highly exalted him above every name so that he can say more than Kohelet. Jesus can say, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And in Christ, the dash isn't permanent. And he is our only comfort, body and soul, in life and in death. Amen. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's Word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays. For more information, please visit MissoulaURC.com. That's MissoulaURC.com.